From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The director of the Downtown Business Association, Gina Morris, says the gallery walk on Friday was a huge success. It makes my heart swell, honestly, to see the turnout of the Juno community to support the businesses that are owned by other local folks. Families coming and celebrating together and getting a chance to go in places that they love and maybe someplace new they hadn't been before because there is so much going on downtown and there's new things happening all the time and there's always something new to discover as well as your tried and true favorites. She says it was rewarding to see people come out. I thought it was wonderful. The turnout was amazing. The energy was so positive and jolly and festive. And everybody really made the effort to come downtown, walk around and check out multiple businesses and support everybody that is doing great work in downtown Juneau. Morris compared this year's gallery walk to the last two years. Exciting. There's a sense of rekindled joy for something that people really missed during those two years. Really full streets, walking around, getting around town on the trolley. Morris says the festivities continued through Saturday. Got a couple of events around town in the Senate Mall here with Parks and Rec getting the candy cane hunt started. And I'm doing some free face painting sponsored by the Downtown Business Association. And there are two other art activities happening at the Alaska State Museum and at the Jack. She says the association is already planning for next year to make Gallery Walk even more smooth and accessible. With a few key things that draw folks outside, but really encourages people to move in and out, and that supports the over 50 events. that We just want to make it even better next year, see how we can um, meet the demand of folks that want to come celebrate Gallery Walk with us. That was Downtown Business Association Director Gina Morris on this year's Gallery Walk. State Senator Jesse Keel spoke to the Juneau Chamber on Thursday. The senator joined the bipartisan 17-member caucus in the state Senate that was announced last month with Senate President Gary Stevens from Kodiak serving as the Senate president. Keel talked about the issues that may come up as the legislature convenes next month. Among the issues, he said, there is one that has broad consensus. As we organize the, the majority coalition in the Senate, um, one of those things that um, there is pretty broad consensus on is that it is past time to catch up on our school funding. It has, thank you. It, it has been a long while, uh, and there is a little dribble of money coming um, next year. Uh, it is a tiny, is a small piece of what inflation was the last six years. It doesn't begin to touch what inflation is right now. Our schools are behind. Um, on the on the buying power of the dollar to educate children. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's a major issue. Another issue he said is close to him and important to the capital city is restoring a uh, pension for public workers. That issue progressed farther last year than it has since 2013. Um, I believe that the votes are there in the Senate this year to return to an actual pension for public workers in the state of Alaska. We are the only state that doesn't offer any form of a pension to public employees. And so you and I and the state treasury are paying training costs for folks who take five years of experience and go work somewhere and, and their uh, portable retirement account and go work somewhere they can earn a pension. Literally any other state. That's a problem and we're paying it. 
During Keel's presentation to the Juno Chamber, he presented a legislative citation to a former Juno Assembly member. So, uh, unbeknownst to him, I have here a legislative citation uh, that I wrote. It is co-sponsored by both Representative Story and Representative Hannon, uh, honoring, on his retirement from the Juno Assembly, Lauren Jones, for a lifetime of commitment to Alaska. It is not easy to surprise Lauren Jones. He is a man who is at every meeting and reads everything. So I had to, uh, of course, resort to extreme measures. I called in the most elite crack squad there is, his wife, Lorraine. (laughs) And she got him here today. So, Lauren, uh, I won't read the citation, but it goes through uh, a long career in public service to Alaska and for Alaskans. And I want to let you know that the state of Alaska appreciates it. Thank you very, very much. State Senator Jesse Keel. Principal teacher and ballet master Katherine Full spoke with News of the North about the Juno Dance Theater's Nutcracker performances this weekend at Juno Douglas High School. The last performance was on Sunday. I'm the ballet master. My job to stage the choreography been going really well. Had unprecedented amount of illnesses and injuries this year, and I've been really proud of how the students have risen to the occasion. And we had kids learning roles 30 minutes before the curtain went up. I was extremely proud of that. You wouldn't know from the audience. And I think that's a testament to their professionalism and teamwork. She spoke to their guest artists this year. Give a shout out. We have two wonderful guest artists, Elizabeth Murphy of Pacific Northwest Ballet and Zachary Catazzaro of Cleveland Ballet. They've been doing our Sugar Plum Fairy and Cavalier. They've been such a treat to have here. She says she's been teaching the Nutcracker for six years and she spoke to watching students advance worked with students who were cheese that are now. It's our most probably introductory role. Students might be as young as five years old. I see them now dancing with their point shoes on stage. It's really rewarding to be a part of that process and to watch their growth every year. Ballet master Catherine Fowl on this weekend's Nutcracker performances. After the break, we'll tell you about federal efforts to relocate villages in the state impacted by climate change. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. Grants awarded to tribal governments in Alaska and the lower 48 are only a start in what is expected to be a long process of funding relocation of indigenous communities that are threatened by climate change, a top Interior Department official said last week. The Interior Department on Wednesday announced that tribal governments in the Yupik villages of Nutok and Napakiak both in unstable locations undermined by erosion, flooding, and permafrost thaw, will each get $25 million to fund relocation projects. Additionally, four other tribal governments in Alaska were each awarded $5 million grants to help plan for relocation or other forms of climate resilience. The Alaska communities chosen for the grants are among the most at-risk communities in the state. Newtok on the Ninglik River is losing about 70 feet of land a year to erosion, while Napakiak on the Kuskokwim River is losing 25 to 50 feet a year, according to the Department of Interior. 
but completing all the partial or full relocations of all the Alaska communities that need them could cost $5 billion over 50 years, according to a 2020 Bureau of Indian Affairs report. The Alaska Beacon reports that money to address the village problems stemming from climate change has flowed into Alaska over the past years, but it has been sporadic from varying sources and for multiple purposes aside from relocation. The Juneau Assembly last week was presented the findings of the Juneau School District's most recent audit. The audit covered fiscal year 2022 and found that the district had a deficit budget of over $60,000. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr spoke to that while on the KINY Morning Show. The Assembly employs an auditor. An auditor works for the Assembly, uh, and they, they presented um presented the district's uh, audit uh, that, that concluded uh, in the end of last fiscal year, last, this past June. Um, you know, the, a lot of, lot of information there, but the high-level summary is that the school district had overspent their revenue uh, by, by a little bit, about $60,000 at the end of the last fiscal year. So that's not a huge number, um, but a concerning piece is that it was caught in the audit rather than earlier during um, budget reconciliation process, which would be typical. Barr noted that Juno is not alone in feeling the education budget struggles. The Juno School District, we aren't alone uh, in this problem. Districts across the state are struggling with revenue um, and, and, and their budgets. Uh, we've probably, I know I have, and probably many people listening have seen the, the news in Anchorage that they are struggling with a major budget deficit. Um, that, you know, is much bigger than ours in terms of just numbers, but is similar um, to us in terms of proportions. And they are engaged with third-party consultants to having a conversation about facilities and staff. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're headed down that same path, I, I, would, I, would, I would speculate. Juneau Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. Mary McEwen held an opening reception of her featured solo artist exhibit, Hit and Miss, Adventures in Textile Reuse, for Friday's gallery walk, along with an artist talk on Saturday. McEwen had no previous weaving experience when she was told this exhibit was approved by the museum. She spoke to that process. I had the idea last summer that I wanted to do something with textile reuse gathering clothes that weren't workable for the thrift stores here and that would be headed to the dump and kind of started looking at some different ideas and wanted to pursue weaving. So I applied November, December, so it's been about a year. And then I got the notification that that was accepted. And then so from then I had to start planning, get some looms, get them set up and learn how to use them and learning what I was doing. And then I had about another six months to actually make the pieces. She says the reason she was drawn to weaving in particular was for reducing waste. I like a project and I like learning a process and using the looms is really interesting because there's a lot of moving mechanical parts and I also, I love old technology. I get so frustrated by everything has a chip in it nowadays and then when and when those give out, we're on this track now where we replace things instead of repair them and I'm, I'm interested in that whole process. This is something that will always work as long as it's maintained and repaired and oiled. Like there's no chip in this that's going to fail. McEwen says there's still plenty of opportunity to see the exhibit 
if you had missed it over the weekend. The Juno Douglas City Museum, which is on Main Street and 4th. The show will be up for the month of December. It will come down just a couple days before New Year's, and the museum is open Tuesday through Saturday at 10 a.m. and admission is free. I know they have a donor who covers the cost of admission for, for the winter months, so you can come in and see it and check out the rest of the museum. Parks and Recreation Coordinator Don Welsh with the city says the third annual downtown candy cane hunt is back. There's still two weeks to participate. So you'll go to the businesses, you can see their number right there in the window. You're looking for numbers like that in the different business windows. And some of them are easily displayed on the window and some are like in the display or beyond. So they can see everything from, well, we call it from the curb, but like obviously some of these buildings, like the wharf and the Senate Mall, they're inside, so you can't see it necessarily from the curb, but you should be able to see all of them from either the outside window or from outside the store, which is so that if you go after hours, you should be able to still find them. But some of them are more hidden than others. It's definitely a hunt this year. She says that in the past two years, more adults have participated than kids, but it is open to all. But it's for all ages, which is noted especially by all of our prizes. We have more prizes that are for adults than for kids, and so we really encourage all participants of all ages, families, to do it. Welsh said you can pick up your candy cane tracker at the Parks and Rec office and also turn it in there or online. You have until December 18th, and then your tracker is, uh, needs to be submitted by December 19th at noon to be eligible for the drawing for lots of prizes donated by all of the participating businesses. And then you just submit your tracker, either online or you can bring it to the Parks and Recreation office and put your tickets in the bin. She says there's a chance to get five extra tickets. Large candy canes, like three feet, four feet high in their business windows. And if you find the large candy canes and take a selfie with it, and you submit your selfie, then we'll give you an extra bonus ticket in the drawing. Five you can get with that. And then there's five tickets you can get if you find all the numbers from the businesses. So you could have your name in the hat ten times. CBJ Parks and Rec Coordinator Don Welsh talking on the candy cane hunt in the city. The Coast Guard has announced its 2021 Civilian Employee of the Year, Mary Jean Silva, Assistant Director at the Base Kodiak Child Development Center, was selected as a recipient of the Coast Guard Civilian Employee of the Year for 2021. For most of 2021, the Base Kodiak Director, Training and Curriculum Coordinator, Education Specialist, Administrative Assistant, and cook positions were vacant, so Silva filled numerous other roles and responsibilities on top of her existing job. The award recognizes the work ethic of the highly skilled civilian employees who contributed to the accomplishments of the Coast Guard's operational mission readiness throughout last year. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.